Blog Talk Radio. The following program is intended for mature audiences. That's when we're recording it. May not very very well may not be when you're listening to it, but we're recording on Saturday night, so Saturday night. It's worth to be with friends. All right. Uh, so I am your host, the Duck Man, Duck Tom Duck, whatever you want to call me. That's fine. Uh, joined by Steve Corpuz in Hilo Town. What's up, hello, hello, and hello. Over, over on the other side of the Big Island of Hawaii in Kona, it's Mike Mastrolio. What's up, Mike? Hey, welcome everybody. All right. Mike's a little depressed. Syracuse uh, lost a tough one on the road to North Carolina State today. Yeah. Well, the theme <laughs> of it is two weeks in a row in the second half of games, they proved that the teams they're playing really aren't any better than them. It's just that the first half of games are so ugly that they can't catch up, you know? Right. And so, okay. So, let's just – it's it's not on the rundown. We're not really scheduled to to talk about NCAA football at all today. But so you saw what happened to LSU. So does that does that make it worse? That I mean, Syracuse almost. Yeah. I mean, they were competitive with LSU. It turns out LSU may just just might not be very good. Uh, yeah. So them watching them lose to Troy today at home makes it uh, even more painful that Syracuse wasn't able to come up with one against them. You know. Right. All right, so well, before we go too much further, for professional financial advice regarding retirement planning, investments, and life insurance, make sure you contact Matt Govendo and receive your complimentary planning analysis today. Call Matt at 315-671-1864. And, of course, you can call the show. Uh, the number to call in is 646-668-2278. Uh, still waiting to hear back from Frank in Cincinnati. Haven't heard from him in a while. <laughs> All right. Uh, say, uh, so we're going to have a guest, uh, Jarrett Enriquez. He just uh, texted me, uh, says he's going to try to call in a little bit. He is currently at a party. What? Um, assuming he's not at the Ho'olalea in downtown Hilo, which is going on today, featuring, featuring, featuring such luminaries as Sudden Rush and Rebel Soldiers. I was not tempted to go. Were you tempted to go, Steve? <laughs> um, kind of sort of. It's, it's raining off and on down there, so mm. that's no fun. Well, I mean, that's kind of to be expected not- in Hilo. Yeah. <laughs> Rains quite a bit in these here parts. All right, so let's just uh, we'll we'll run down. Uh, so the song we, again, that's our new theme song. We've decided to use "Welcome to the Terror Dome" by Public Enemy as our weekly opener because why not? 
Uh, so anyway, so we're going to talk about a bunch of stuff today. There's a ton of stuff going on. Obviously, Major League Baseball is winding down. Uh, you've got uh, the NBA regular season about to get started. Actually, the preseason started today. Lakers lost to the Wolves. Um, I believe the final was like 101-99, so there's that. And then uh, also we're going to talk about the biggest scandal in college basketball history, or at least seems like it has the potential to be that uh but first we're going to start off with uh, some nfl this is uh from the thursday night game which just happened a couple of nights ago it was the bears uh at lambeau field to take on the packers and it wasn't i mean it wasn't a very competitive game the bears are not very good the packers at home are tough to beat anyway um and then danny trevathan late in the game he uh he came in late uh, on Devontae Adams, who was wrapped up and being tackled, and uh, he, he smacked him with the crown of his helmet pretty hard in the face. Uh, seemed like a dirty hit, uh, or certainly an unnecessary hit. He wasn't ejected, however. Uh, he was suspended two games by the NFL uh, just today that was announced, I believe. Or was that yesterday that was announced? Um, yes. Your thoughts on the hit? Yesterday it was announced. Yes, thank you. Uh, your thoughts on the hit, Steve? Um, dirty hit. I, I just was uh, surprised that he wasn't ejected. You know? Yeah, I mean, yeah, these are the exact hits that the NFL has been trying to get rid of for years, and it just seems like the rest – I mean, certainly he got the, the penalty, the personal foul. Um, seemed like an unsportsmanlike conduct and an automatic ejection probably could have been uh, called for there. Mike, do you have a – same opinion on that, Mike? I happen to have been watching it a little bit um, – live and I just happened to catch right when that went down so I did see the play live and it looked ejectable live so this is the thing with these hits you got to be a little careful because a lot of times you know guy's mouthpiece goes flying he's laid out and you you look at it in super slow right and it's like wow that looks egregious like he wound up you know and then you watch right you really are yourself and watch it in real time you go wow he had one quarter of one second to react there and you know football instincts took over and he went for him but this was a case where in real time watching it live it looked ejectable to me you know it it wasn't uh well in hindsight watching that in slow-mo you know it looked pretty bad on the first go and actually it was bad enough that I was waiting for them to not show it again you know how sometimes right. something really, really damaging happens? Like, I remember when Kevin Ware from Louisville uh, compound fractured his lower leg and it, like, came out of the skin. Like, they did not show it again. So I'm right. rewinding my TV on DTR to see it again. But, like, this is one of those ones where I thought, they're not going to show this. Like, this, dude's, this dude might be dead. Well, you know? and I'll tell you so what. You, you could see the helmet visibly um, compressed. That's how hard Trevathan hit him. It really looked like he was going to have a broken neck. I was surprised that he didn't have a broken neck. So let me ask you this. Is that me echoing or someone got us turned up? Um, I'm doing this on my phone, so I could be the problem. Okay. All right. All right. Um, I'm going to mute you for a second. See if that's it. All right. No, I can still hear myself. Okay, well, anyway, um, Steve, you're not on your phone, are you? No. Are you wearing headphones? Um, no. Steven! <laughs> <laughs> well, I never do. 
Okay. All right. Well, anyway, we can hear ourselves a little bit. Uh, it's a little bit disconcerting, but that's fine. Hopefully you can't hear it on that end. That's okay. Uh, so anyways, well, all right. Well, there you go. Uh, so Danny Trevathan uh, suspended two games. Like I said, I, it, when I watched the hit, kind of like you, Mike, it, it didn't look like a guy who was going at a guy and couldn't slow up. He was literally – Look well. I don't know. I, you hate to say, well, this is what he felt or this is what he thought, but it just looked like a guy who was frustrated with a poor performance by his team and just took it out on Devontae Adams, who could literally not defend himself at all in that instance. I wouldn't necessarily read all of that into it, although that certainly could be the case. I don't want to like apply motives to Trevathan, but um, I, I know it's difficult. My, he was he was held down and he hit him, you know, and that's that's a dirty play, I, you know. There's a lot of these things, like I err on the side of football. These guys are gladiators, and it's a physical sport. But this one was like he was held down by multiple guys, and you came in and speared him with your head. Like, there's just not. It isn't one of the ones that's on the on the line, you know, where you can look at it and go, Ah, he dipped his head at the last minute. There's no like redeeming quality to this one. This one was guy goes helmet to helmet on purpose in a situation where he could have stopped himself. And or not led with his head, or not aimed at the other dude's head. All of these things, like it was a or, really dirty hit. This dirty yeah, hit, yeah, or just not come in at all. I mean, because he really did not have to come in on that tackle. That was done. And Adams was out before he hit the ground. Like mm-hmm. you could, he was out. Well, dude, for it, sure. It, you know, his teammate calling for the the stretcher immediately, like immediately it, waving it, waving the team over. Yep. That's why my, I was so concerned that he had broken his neck or, you know, something like that it was because of the response of everybody being like, oh, my God, immediately, you know. And if you hadn't heard, I mean, Devontae Adams is – he's fine. He has – you know, he's not paralyzed. He's not dead. Um, I, I can't I mean, imagine. He's, he's, uh, at, he's at home feeling great. Apparently, I didn't, I, that's, what, <laughs> that's what it is. So. Feeling, feeling great about – concussion protocol right now, but, uh, sure. yeah, it's maybe misses a game. You know? Yeah. Well, you never know. It it could linger for a little bit, but yeah, I mean, listen, if I'm him, I feel great too because, hey, I can walk today. I'm alive. (laughs) I mean, I'm alive. Oh, incredible. And there's a lot of crap going on in the NFL. That's just one of the things. Now, that's on the field stuff, which is what we love to talk about. Um, Oh, hey, I didn't see this. Did you know that Darren Spoles is out for the year? No. Yeah. Yeah, he broke his arm and tore his ACL. Wow, in the game against the Giants on Sunday. That is I didn't I had not seen that previously. Or it didn't maybe it just didn't register, but wow, that's a that seems like a huge loss for them because he's always that jerk that gets the six yards when they need five on third down. He's the Julian Edelman of their offense. Like the same exact conversation we had with the Patriots a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I I think that's a, I think that's a fair. Look, he is the guy that moves the chains when they absolutely need it. If they've got a a, a middling uh, third down to get, they they look for him to uh, to get that converted. So that that is a huge loss for the Eagles for sure. Um, so that's another on the field thing. But off the field, well, I guess it's uh, I don't know. We're gonna He's talk about taking now. the knee. Yeah, well, he is. We're we're gonna talk about. What happened across the league last Sunday and is still going to go on uh, probably tomorrow, uh, which is uh, 
after when we're recording. So I don't know. I, I know of one team that is, has already said that they are done with that. They're going to move on and move back to just standing for the national anthem. That's the Dallas Cowboys, um, who probably set the standard for how you probably should do that. Um, but at the same time, I think there is some criticism of kind of diluting the message in this whole past weekend, right? So this past weekend, if you're unaware, I don't know why you're listening to this show if you're not dialed into this, but um, a lot of teams took a knee. Uh, They locked arms in unity during the national anthem. Uh, A few teams didn't even come out of their locker rooms for the national anthem, which I'll get into in a moment. And, of course, there was some major backlash because of that. Um, and of course they all did it in the name of unity, which is great. Um, I mean, how do you, how, how are you against unity? Right. (laughs) Um, of course, Donald Trump, of course, is against unity, but, uh, that's not what the original protests were about. And and that's okay. I'm not saying that these teams all have to a hundred percent of the guys on every one of these teams is not going to agree with what. Uh, Colin Kaepernick and some other guys from last year were doing uh, in their protest. Uh, But it's just, it's just, I think you're getting a a little bit of criticism from one side about watering down the message. And of course the criticism for the other side is that you're disrespecting America by not standing uh, basically at attention for the um, national anthem. Of course, most of these people who are complaining are sitting on their couch with Cheetos all over their shirt yelling at the screen while you're not standing for the national anthem. <laughs> so there's that. The whole, uh, the whole thing, just comes, to be perfectly honest, I was sort of hoping you would avoid talking about this, but I understand it's a conversation that has to happen right now or whatever. Um, it's just stupid. It really is. Like, this is because of what it's become. It's not that, it's, not that the cause is stupid. The cause is, is critical. Um, but the, the fact is that the whole – it's evolved past the original cause that Kaepernick knelt for in the first place to the point where no one even knows what this is all about. And it's just this stupid thing. It sucks. Like it, it it sucks that the message, the very, very important message is lost in all of the politics of the thing, of the anthem thing, as opposed to the, let's talk about the issue of, you know, (laughs) black people being shot by cops or or, 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 unarmed people in general, but it's a disproportionate amount of, of brown skin people that get shot and killed. Listen, the way that the, the, the protest is because of the way that it's perceived that people of color are treated differently by police officers than white people are. And if you don't think that's, True, I don't know how to talk to you. I, I don't know what to say to you. I mean, I, there's only so many videos I can see of a guy on his knees with his hands in the air and then he gets shot. Or of people, I, I mean, I don't, I mean, there's so many, so many instances of this over the last two to three years in this country that it's just, it, it's hard to, to imagine that you don't understand that. And, and like to your point, Mike, I, I understand why people don't like people kneeling during the national anthem or um, I don't know, the perception of people who are disrespecting the flag or disrespecting people who served in the military. I understand that. I get that. But at the same time, you're telling these guys to shut up and play football, stay out of politics. But 
you know, this isn't the time or the place, but where's the time and the place? Where is it going to – things don't change until people become uncomfortable. They have the stage. They they have the ability to reach millions of people on a Sunday. And so uh, they should. Like if they – they should speak out. They should. Like, that's their chance. They're using football. They're using – look, if I can use my job to reach out and help my community, I use my job to reach out to help my community. The opportunities are rare, but when I have them, I take them. And right. it's, now, these guys should too. I, I feel like Steve may have a, at least a somewhat differing opinion, so I'd like to get Steve in here on this. Because <laughs> I'm stewing over here listening to this? No. Right, right. I was like, okay, so um, when you're at an at an event, I mean, actually attending an event live, I mean, what would make you not stand for the national anthem? For me, I, nothing. I would always stand for the national anthem. I always exactly. stand. I always I stand. I uncover and I shut the fuck up and I listen. Right. I mean, remove your hat, whatever it is, and you stand. And I mean, shoots. It's uh, you know, I I just you know, my opinion on. It, is I mean there there's there's a time and place for it during the national anthem is not the time and place for it. You want to do it after I, before I mean the other six days where you have access to media, um, call a press conference, whatever it is, you know that's the time to do it. These guys get I mean they get paid millions of dollars to play a game. They um, make millions of dollars in endorsements, you know, and. Um, you know, just you know, financially, they have the the means to uh, you know help a lot of situations. You know, not only you know, not only uh, you know, the police brutality against you know people of color and so forth, but other situations. I mean, you know, it's, uh, you know, <laughs> you know, gang violence. I mean, you know, kids killing you know other kids, that kind of, that kind of stuff. That's absolutely they have true. The means to you know to improve situations, and so, I mean it's I mean it just 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 doing this during the national anthem and the you know the rest you know the rest of the six days out of the week that they're you know not on TV, not doing you know not doing anything. I mean it's you know I I they have the means to improve situations and. Right. Just by taking a knee or not showing up or whatever the hell they're doing, I mean it's not you know it's not really doing anything but having people talk and you know blow things up and it really just dilutes the whole situation. Right. I would say, and I, I, I like I said, I, I'm not gonna completely disagree with you on that on that point. Now I, I do know that a bunch of these guys have donated a bunch of money to causes in their communities and. Uh, Colin Kaepernick in particular has donated a million dollars of his own money to causes that, you know, would help advance his, his agenda. Uh, the only thing I would say is affecting change in the way that police officers interact with people of color is not something you can probably just throw money at uh, as an individual. Um, you, you have to have a conversation about it first, figure out what the right way to go is, which it's clearly, you know, better training. Um, the demilitarization of the police force, but but again, what 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 I was saying before was that all this other shit that's gone on, it, it's it, it's taken away from the original idea of of Colin Kaepernick taking a knee or sitting or whatever it was, 
and I understand that people don't like it, but now it's gotten to the point where we're just shouting each other down and no one's actually talking about what the real issue was that people like Colin Kaepernick wanted us to talk about in the first place. And if I was Kaepernick, I would be extremely frustrated by that. And I would, I, again, I would be out in front of a camera, in front of a microphone every chance I get, to your point, Steve, trying to talk about it with people. But all anyone would ever ask me about is, why do you disrespect the troops? You know, well, I, you no, know what I mean? I mean he, he has all the time in the world, being that he's not working. <laughs> unemployed. He's an unemployed black man in, in America. That's a weird thing. Um, so anyway, yeah. Uh, again, I don't want to, to, to dwell on this too long. I just kind of wanted to get it out there. I know we have some differing views. I, I, look, there's tons of differing views on this, and there's different degrees of it. Like I said, I am a person who will always stand for the national anthem when I'm at a sporting event. Now, if I'm in my home, and I'm sitting on the couch, I'm not getting off, guys. I'm not. Okay. But if I'm in the event, if I'm in the vicinity of the national anthem playing, I'm going to stop what I'm doing, and, and I'm going to find the flag, and I'm going to take my hat off and, and show respect. Um, gives, now, I mean, you know, the other thing is, I mean, did you <laughs> – you guys see what Cam Newton said about this uh, whole thing? I, I've the, seen the a couple quote, things he said. But... Cam Newton's quote about Colin Kaepernick making the ultimate – Sacrifice. I mean, I don't. That's kind of, yeah. I, I don't like that. I mean, it's bad phrasing, but that's very bad. Through his career. Oh yeah, well, Pat, Tillman, I, Pat was, Tillman made the ultimate sacrifice. He did. Now, okay. what you want? I mean, <laughs> the ultimate sacrifice is not you're already rich and you threw your career away because most people would like to retire at 28 or whatever age he is. Um, but he did throw his career away. And if you want to argue that Kaepernick's not good enough to play in the NFL, I think you're an idiot. If, yeah. if you're going to seriously sit here and make the argument that Kaepernick's not better than 40 people that play quarterback in the NFL right now, I, I don't Glennon. know what you want. Dude, there's teams, there's a bunch of teams that Kaepernick would be the best quarterback on their roster. So well, yeah, and this is, uh, you know, I was, I was just talking to, you know, about this to a friend of mine, you know, uh, just, just today was that, I mean, uh, okay, so wouldn't Colin Kaepernick be the perfect backup quarterback to Cam Newton? He would. Yeah. Now, and, but for Carolina, and they've got Derek Anderson, who's there's been there for – on Derek Anderson being that he might be the best backup quarterback in the NFL right now, but still. Certainly up there. You know. All right. So – I mean, I'm, I, yeah. I can sit here and name off teams, though, that don't have a quarterback on their roster that are the quality of Kaepernick, and there's not – it's not an inconsequential number. I mean – I will say that. Easily – Just to put it in – Quarterback of his talent on their roster. Yeah, just to put it in one sentence, I mean, it's uh, – I, I just think that these guys feel that, the you know, his – the potential – his on-field potential doesn't outweigh the circus. Yep. Uh, certainly, that's the case. Now, well, I will say this: people on on the uh, the conservative side of this, they want you know the Republican side, whatever you want to say about it, they like to hold up Pat Tilbin as this ultra conservative person. I want I want to very much say this: I, I know a little bit about Pat Tilbin as a person and what he was like when he was in college, um, just from things that I've I've seen and watched about him. And if you think Pat Tilbin would be okay with uh, social injustice, you're wrong. He wouldn't be okay with it. He probably, in all honesty, 
would take a knee, but not during the national anthem. He would take a knee, but not during the national anthem. Now, that also being said, Pat Tillman never stood for the national anthem. And why is that? Because previous to 2009, NFL teams in stayed in the locker room during the national anthem. Yeah. And the NFL kind of has brought them, this on themselves uh, when they accepted money from the Department of Defense, uh, millions of dollars, to have these big patriotic showings before football games to, I don't know, drum up patriotism in the United States. So previous to 2009, this would never have happened because the teams wouldn't have even been on the damn field. So there you go. And, and that's all. Now we can't go. No, you can't put it back in the box. It's, it's out. So, but that's all we want to say about the new thing. And I don't think we're ever going to talk about this again. How's that? How's that sound? Let's put it to bed. <laughs> That's okay. Thank you very much. Okay, so we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about one Mr. Aaron Judge, who is a freak of nature and needs to be talked about. All right. Uh, I'm going to play a song from Alice in Change. This is No Excuses off their Jar of Flies album. Um, and if Mike gets the thread for all these songs, what they all have in common, by the end of the show, he wins a special prize. Okay, Mike? All right, got it. Okay, so here we go. No excuses. Allison Chains, we are going to be back on the other side of the break uh, right here on Sports and Beer with Friends. Thanks for joining us, everybody.
right, we're back, and uh, we would like to remind you that Sports and Beer with Friends does not own the rights to the music we play. It's for your listening enjoyment only. If you like the music, we encourage you to purchase these songs from iTunes, Google Play, Amazon, or wherever music is sold. That, of course, was Alice in Chains and the late, great Lane Staley with uh, No Excuses, Off Jar of Flies, which was a really good album. You remember that one, Mike? That was a really good album. I remember Mad Season, so yes. I remember. Yeah, Mad, Mad Season was a side project with uh, Lane Staley and Mike McCready of Pearl Jam um, that they did. Uh, they got that together while they were both in rehab together. Um, good, good album. If you have a chance, uh, if, and if you can find the Mad Season album, it's really good. Super, super good. They're both very talented. Uh, well, Lane was very talented. Mike McCready still is very talented. Just to kind of put a bow on that. <laughs> All right. So MLB, uh, basically the playoffs are just about set. If I'm not mistaken, I know that Colorado clinched uh, the second wild card spot. Uh, so they'll be in the playoffs uh, over in the uh, national league side. That's the first time they're going to make the postseason since Oh nine. Um, boy, oh boy. I'm trying to think, I can't remember who was the other wild card team over there. And that's kind of stupid. Arizona. Ah, uh, it was Arizona. Oh, so three teams from the NLS. Thank you, Steve. Of course it was. Arizona and, of course, the, uh, the Dodgers, who are a lock for best record in the National League. Um, have they shown up? Uh, or is Cleveland still alive for best record in the majors? They're still alive. They're like a okay. game so back, I guess. So it goes down to tomorrow. Um, I wonder what the tiebreaker procedure is for that if they end up tied. Uh, Cleveland obviously clinched. Um, but to finish up the National League, you got Washington and the NL Central champion is the Chicago Cubs. And over in the American League, you have uh, the Boston Red Sox clinched the AL East today with their victory over the Houston Astros, who are also going to be in the postseason as the uh, AL Central champs. Uh, I'm sorry, the AL West champs. The AL Central champs are, of course, the Cleveland Indians. Um, the Twins have wrapped up the second wild card spot and the First wild card spot goes to the New York Yankees, um, who are, I mean, at the beginning of the season, people thought were probably a year, maybe two away from really competing for postseason contention, but here they are. Um, and they really, uh, they're, they're two games back of the Red Sox. So they are a team that overachieved this year. And a lot of their overachievement uh, came off the bat of one, Mr. Aaron judge who set the, Rookie record for home runs in the season just last, well, just this week. So he, he broke McGuire's, Mark McGuire's record. McGuire had held the record since 1987, 49 home runs, uh, you know, maybe, maybe chemically assisted. We, we don't know that for sure. Uh, but Mr. Judge has now hit 52 home runs. So he did it in really impressive fashion because he was going into the last week of the season sitting at, uh, what was it? 40, 46, 46 on, as of Sunday and the, or Saturday. And then in basically the first two games of the week, he hit two games, two home runs in each game. So he hit 40, 47, 48, 49 and 50 in pretty short fashion. So it was very. Tom, I lost you. Steve, can you hear me? I can hear you. I can't hear you. Yeah, he cut off. Well, he was just going to finish ejaculating all over Aaron Judge anyway, so we can cut that <laughs> off. Um, you, you know what I found 
crazy? I read earlier this week. This is the first time in history Boston has won the AL East two years in a row. The first wow. time in history. Really? I, that, 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 that seems <laughs> I, I, that seems I uh, that's it. pretty it amazing. Right. I mean, but I read that earlier today and I was like, I didn't have time to fact check it, but boy, that was, I was shocked. If that's the truth, I'm shocked. Wow. I figured you would know right off the top of your head. No, it's, uh, yeah, that, 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 I'm shocked myself. Where is it? Tom, are you there? <laughs> Let's see. <laughs> so I guess the the surprise for me is I I agree with Tom. Like I did not expect the Yankees to be any good this year before the season started. No, I don't, I don't uh, think any 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 of uh, any of us did. You know? and really it's it's sort of on the back of Judge. I mean, he's uh-huh. the X factor, right? So I mean, so while while he's uh, trying to get hooked up back back on your mic, I mean, it's, uh so what do you think about the MVP race? I mean, he, he's he's a lock for Rookie of the Year. No if and uh, buts about it. What do you think about MVP yeah. race? I mean, I tell you, it'd be hard to hold him out of it. I mean, there's a couple other guys you can look at, um, but. Nobody that brought a team that was expected to do mediocre and brought them kind of on his back to the playoffs. I don't think there's another guy I can really look at and and say that of you know. And no, none of the Kershaw had a really nice year and a stupidly good second half, um, but you know he didn't do that. He he was on a team that without him is still really good and going to make the playoffs. Whereas Aaron Judge really. Like he carried them. Yeah, so Kershaw is also in the National League, though. So I mean, the the, the one guy in the in the American League that's probably I is you know uh, is probably going to win it in my opinion is going to be Jose Altuve. I was just going to say, can Altuve? Do you think Altuve takes it over? It's it's, it's going to be the funniest race. I mean, you got <laughs> the, the biggest guy in the league. You know, uh, it's pretty yeah. much I guess the the smallest guy in the league, and I mean this. Yeah. My reasoning for Altuve is just consistency. I mean, the guy performs at the highest level in the you know most clutch of situations. I think he was batting close to 400, um, you know, past the seventh inning of uh, you know his batting past the seventh inning. He's batting 400 for the season. Yeah, 347 yeah. on the season overall, which is you know 17 percentage points better than anybody else in either league. Um, so he, he's, used, he's a lock to yeah. you know to to yeah. win a batting title again. Um, defensively, I mean, you know, is uh, you know he's great, and I I think um, shoots hasn't Houston been in first place since uh, probably mid April. I was going to say all season they've they've carried that pretty much all season. Yeah. Um, and but you can cer- certainly make a Houston. case. I mean, it's it's I, I I in my opinion, it's just a two player race. It's you know Altuve and uh, and Judge, and uh, I mean either one of them win it. I, you know I don't think there's too there's going to be too much too much of an argument. Both guys, you know, I mean if if uh, there could be a tie, I mean that's you know um, I wouldn't have our argument if uh, even if they're co MVPs. It'll they'll err on the side of the Yankee player winning it. 
and I, I don't know that I'm joking about that. The, uh, the Yankees have such a following. They're so important to baseball. If, if there's right. anything outside of what happened on the field, that's going to determine the winner. It would go to the Yankee by default. But um, as far as the National League goes, um, you know, your Braves and my Mets kind of did what the Braves and the Mets have done for the last eight or ten years here. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much, you know. <laughs> At least I get to see a bright side, though. They got a lot yeah. of young guys coming up. Yeah. I was going to say, your team's got a lot of future out of it. But, they're, yeah. you know, it's frustrating because, the you know, a bunch of the teams I root for, New England's an anomaly among the teams I root for, where they've been really good for a consistent period. All the other teams, it's always – well, next year. Well, next year. You know, next year is going to be the year. And the, the really frustrating thing as a Mets fan is it's like it's not even next year. It's like, well, maybe sometime in the future. There's not even a, oh, well, we're going to, you know, do well on the back of this guy, this guy, and this guy, and then we're going to build off of that. There's no, you know, visible future plan. At least your Braves, you have a visible future plan. Right. Any bright spots on the Mets? The bright spot with the Mets is always the starting pitching. And you got right. the amazing starting pitching staff, um, but then they can't stay healthy and they can't put together anything else. Their offense is atrocious. Um, and and typically their bullpen is not very good either. So Hey, I'm back. What, what hey, happened? What happened? <laughs> uh, my Wi-Fi cut out for a second, so thank you guys for talking about Judge. What are we talking about now? <laughs> well, talking we about the Mets. The Mets. <laughs> All right. Oh, Jesus Christ. This is supposed to be a conversation about Aaron Judge. We had it. We think Jose Altuve is MVP, so, you know. I think you're wrong. And here's why. I, 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 I like Altuve. Thanks for lobbing that up for me. I like Altuve a lot, and I think he's had a great year. Here's his problem. 52 home runs. Yeah. Okay. Steve Davis great point about Altuve in the last three innings of games hitting over 400 for the season. Yeah, no, that's really great. He, uh, the Aaron Judge has hit uh, how many home runs this month? In the final month of the season, ten home runs, 22 RBI, 17 runs scored in the last 14 games. Um, on a team that uh, now clearly uh, the Astros are very good. On a team that was fighting for a division. Uh, was fighting for a wild card spot. He basically, Aaron Judge, without Aaron Judge on the New York Yankees, they do not make, they don't sniff the postseason. Dude, they are 11 11 games out of missing the wild card. Yeah. You realize that? The the, the AL is not close. Like, after Minnesota, nobody's close. Right, I understand that. for the first wild card, and the next team's four games behind Minnesota. Like, they're 11 games ahead of Kansas City. And so, if Aaron Judge isn't on that team, they are easily 20 games worse than they are right now. You're wrong, because his win is above replacement is literally like 7.1. I looked at it the other day. Yeah, okay. So, so, all right, so fine. So 7.1, but <laughs> I mean, that's, that's an analytical stat. That's fine. But tell me that this guy doesn't do more than just what you can quantify with numbers. What you're saying is you don't think wins above replacement is an accurate statistic? No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that just because it is an accurate statistic, it doesn't, oh, it doesn't mean it tells the entire story. It's a very impressive stat, and actually it's a really good one. 
but that doesn't mean it always tells the whole story. Um, Aaron Judge, his wins above replacement can't it, like can't quantify what he did for the clubhouse early in the year and giving a bunch of young guys the um, the belief that they could win baseball games. You know what I mean? That we've got this guy on our team and we're pretty good. Now they have obviously have a very good bullpen and they have at times had good starting pitching this year and at other times have had pretty bad starting pitching this year. And yes, Aaron judge went away for like 50 games. He was just not anywhere to be found right after the all-star break. Um, However, his early season and this last month to six weeks has been so good and he's just such an impressive individual that I think he wins both the uh, the MVP and the Rookie of the Year. Like I okay. said, I mean, I, I wouldn't. There wouldn't be any argument for me if he, uh, you know, if, if if he won the MVP. I just, uh, you know, I just think that. Uh, I mean, it's it's basically a two player race. Yes, it's for sure. Just him and Altuve. And I'll say this too: it's it's. I think he has the edge in the MVP race uh, for a lot of, a big part of the reason is because he has been the story of the, of major league baseball this summer. You know, he's been a, one of the dominant stories where Altuve hasn't been that, you know what I mean? Right. Altuve is an established well, he, good player he, who's having he, another very good year. Yeah. He, he's, he's never been, I mean, uh, the only time his name comes up is when he wins awards or at the end of the season when he's, uh, you know, leading the major leagues in uh, batting average. I mean, that's, you know, basically right. when you hear his name. Right. Or, or when someone says, hey, look at that guy. He's short. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, well, you didn't hear it, but it's just, I mean, it, 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 it's, it's the funniest of race, you know, MVP races because you got the, the largest guy against the smallest guy. Yeah. Mike, the you were going to say Aaron something. Is, the fact that Aaron Judge is probably going to, is going to win the Rookie of the Year award is the reason I think they give the MVP to El Tuve because I think you'll get enough guys doing the voting that go – I'd rather see two different guys win the awards. I'm going to vote for him here and him here. Uh, uh, another interesting I just I, I was saying this to Steve while you were off, and I didn't get a chance to fact check this, but I read this uh, today that this is the first time in history Boston's won the AL East two years in a row. Is, there, is that possibly right? Yeah, for sure it is. Um, uh, <laughs> yes, first of all, the AL East is a, team, is a, is a division that is dominated by the New York Yankees. They've won way more, more division races than any other team, probably in baseball, um, other than maybe the Braves. But I, even so, the Braves, I don't, I don't know. Um, but certainly the AL East has been dominated by the Yankees since uh, time immemorial, but also certainly over the last 25 years. It, it does not surprise me. If, it would not surprise me if that were a true stat. It says it's uh, the first time Boston won consecutive division titles. And their ninth division title since 1969. So there you go. I mean, they've only won it Farrell nine times. First Red Sox manager to win three division titles. All these things wow. seem accurate. Well, I also remember that, you know, for uh, in the 90s, did they win a division title in the entire decade of the 90s? I don't know that they did. Because, the, first of all, the Blue Jays were very good. The Orioles were very good. The Yankees, of course, were very, very good. Um, and I think the 80s, they won the division a couple times, but also in, the, in those years, the, the, the Blue Jays were very good and the Orioles were very good. Um, yeah, I, just, I, don't, I, I think that's a true stat. I think that is absolutely true. And I know why you're like, wow, that's crazy. 
that the Red Sox, but the, remember the Red Sox? Yeah, I don't know. What are you saying? A lot of fans, but the history isn't there. I'm saying the history isn't uh, isn't as good as maybe some of the fans think it is. How's that? How's that? Like it's literally like for a long time. Like I think I can't remember. I think it was Dan O'Shaughnessy on one of these thirty for thirties. He he summed it up great. Like prior to two thousand four, this Red Sox Yankees rivalry was the rivalry of the hammer and the nail, and the Red Sox were the nail, and the Yankees were, were just hammer them every chance they got. It was like the Red Sox had they, – they never beat the Yankees in the postseason until 2004. Um, not that they played a bunch of times because until, you know, the mid-'90s, there was no – you only got one team, you know, in into the playoffs. So, uh, yeah, it's just uh, – it doesn't surprise me that that's, that's a true stat. All right. So let's, let's let's do this. I'm I'm sure this was a fantastic Aaron Judge conversation, which de- somehow devolved into a Atlanta Braves, New York Mets conversation at some point while I was off the air. Uh, but we're going to take a break, and when we come back. We're going to talk about a huge scandal going on. This is going to be a real short break, guys, because this is a song by the Stone Temple Pilots called Vaseline, off their album called Purple. Uh, so it's about three minutes long, so don't go too far, guys. Uh, and we will be back right after this on Sports and Beer with Friends.
Is everybody there? <laughs> yeah. Some crap just happened while that was going on, so I don't know what's happening there, but whatever. Uh, so we're back on Sports and Beer with Friends, and uh, I appear to still have a Wi-Fi connection, so that's also good. We've been talking about uh, some NFL stuff, some MLB stuff in the first half of the show, but now we're going to start talking about some basketball. I mean, basketball is back. It is going to be back. Oh, wait, we're not actually going to talk about actual basketball. Mike, what are we going to talk about? Oh, God. So, you know I want to talk basketball, but I'm just going to bring it back real quick to the AL East. AL East has been around since the 60s, so it's not like the division goes back as far as the teams go back. So that was part of why I thought it was weird. Um, but Boston, that was true. This was the first time they'd won back-to-back titles. The Yankees have won 18 of them. Um, the Red Sox and Orioles have each won nine. Uh, the Blue Jays, six, and the Devil Rays, two. So yeah. you can see why it might be tough to have won back-to-back. Anyway, basketball. Yes, let's talk about the NCAA. Or yeah, it's a lot interesting stuff. Well, we're gonna t- well, segment three, which is what we're in, if you look at your rundown, uh, we're going to talk about the biggest scandal in NCAA basketball hi- history, starring one of my favorite coaches, Rick Patino. The centerpiece in this wonderful scandal. Mike, what are your thoughts? Well, do you want me to give the, the backstory first? Is that what I should do? Yeah, go ahead. All right. There's a couple go, ahead. Things go ahead, man. <laughs> All right. So here we go. So on what was it, Monday, oh, my God, it seems like forever ago. Monday, no, it was Tuesday morning. Uh, the FBI went around arresting a bunch of people, 10 people to be exact. Um, four of them assistant coaches, uh, current assistant coaches at basketball programs, uh, Arizona, Auburn, Oklahoma State, and USC. Um, those guys were charged with taking cash bribes in order to steer elite basketball players towards certain financial advisors and sports agents. The assistants were Chuck Person of Auburn, Emmanuel Richardson of Arizona, Lamont Evans of Oklahoma State, and a guy that Mike and I know very well, uh, Tony Bland at USC. Each of the coaches is charged with bribery, conspiracy, solicitation of bribes, honest services fraud conspiracy, honest service fraud, conspiracy to commit wire fraud, and travel act act conspiracy. The U.S. Department of Justice said each of these coaches faces a maximum sentence of 80 years in prison. That uh, directly from John Gassaway of ESPN.com. That's a max of 80 years in prison. Now, the second set of allegations says that James Gatto, on behalf of an unnamed sportswear company, but, spoiler alert, he works for Adidas, uh, (laughs) funneled six-figure payments to three players who uh, then committed to play for particular college programs. Gatto is the director of global sports marketing for Adidas. Uh, This set of charges includes a reference to a public research university located in Kentucky. Now, that public research university located in Kentucky is the one and only University of Louisville. Uh, Three of the four coaches were arrested on Tuesday, along with Gatto. Um, Merle Code, another uh, who also works for Adidas. Christian Dawkins, a former NBA agent. Munish Sood, who is a financial advisor, and two other folks. So that's what happened on Tuesday. Now. I want to get to the point where we talk about Rick Pitino's statement in this. Where do I have that? Because there's a bunch of different – I have three different windows open on this. Okay, so in their statement – so in the investigation, in their, their paperwork that they – they have these things listed as college number seven, 
player number 10, coach number two. Well, coach number two is reportedly Rick Pitino himself. Okay. Right. And according to records, Christian Dawkins, who was a, the former agent, he, uh, he, and he was charged, um, he helped funnel $100,000 to the family of Brian Bowen, who is currently enrolled at Louisville, by the way, at the, re- at the request of coach number two, who is, of course, reportedly Rick Pitino. Now, Rick Pitino had come out and said that these allegations, if true, are very troubling. Uh, let's see here. Let me get, I want to get the direct quote of this because uh, where is he down here? Uh, way down. Which I know to be true. <laughs> right. So this is the thing with Rick Pitino, okay? If you don't recall this, he um, a few years back was involved in a blackmail scandal where he had had sex with some random woman in an Italian restaurant in Louisville. And first of all, as an Italian guy, Mr. Pitino, you should be ashamed of yourself for eating Italian food in Kentucky because that's awful. It's got to be the grossest <laughs> Italian food ever. You might as well be eating Italian food here in Hawaii. It's awful. Stop it. And <laughs> no, then you're going to have it. Right uh, here. Right here in the Mistrolio household in Hawaii. Okay. All right. That's fine. And Cafe oh, yeah, Pesto, by the way, has some nice stuff. Mike. Go ahead. So uh, you know where uh, Rick Pitino got his uh, coaching career started, right? Syracuse, New York. Thank you very much. No. Yes. No. Well, in Hawaii. Co- oh, okay. Well, his in college Hawaii. coaching career. His college yes. coaching career. In Hawaii. <laughs> All right. So there was that scandal. So he, he ended up having to – he paid for an abortion for this woman, and then she starts blackmailing him and all – so there's that. Well, he had no idea. How, he was mortified by the whole situation. And then just – was it not just last year yeah, that he was completely unaware that his, one of his recruiting assistants was purchasing – prostitutes for prospective basketball players at Louisville. I am shocked to learn that this is going on on my staff. I am appalled by this behavior. And, of course, I didn't know. And now, of course, once again, he is completely unaware of any of this shit going on at Louisville. What a complete piece of garbage Rick Pitino is an absolute piece of garbage. I'm sorry, folks. If, if you think Rick Pitino is innocent of any of this, you're a fool. And I'm going to tell you this much too. It's not just Rick Pitino, but he is such a frigging squirrel. He gets caught and immediately tries to deflect, deflect, deflect. He got the president of the university fired last year. The guy who came out and announced that Rick Pitino was being placed on administrative leave without pay was an interim president of the university. Why? Because he got the last guy fired. <laughs> oh, he's a hell of a basketball coach, though, Tom. He, he really is. I'm not going to lie. He's a horrible human, great basketball coach. But, man, is he, is he a cheat or what? Louisville's going to lose a lot because of this. Like, I'm telling you, this scandal, like, I think I was listening to Rosillo, and he, he tends to, like, like, well, it's a scandal. And someone, said, someone had made, made the mention that Petito's never going to work again. And he's like, oh, I don't know. These guys always tend to work again. But I'm telling you what, this scandal seems pretty huge. And, I'm, and I'll tell you also that Rick Petito is not the only guy that's going to burn because of this shit because a lot of these guys are doing it. Now, the guys from Adidas got arrested. Um, I believe there were some um, warrants. 
handed out to Nike today, too. Here's the thing. How is this a crime? That's that's where I'm confused, because it seems like the only one getting screwed here is the NCAA. They're basically... Mike, they're like, basically it, they're basically laundering money. It's a major crime. It's not a small crime. Money? The, I mean, basically, basically, that's I mean, well, you heard the charges. There's a whole lot of conspiracy and shit going on here. Um, I, I'll read the charges again if you like. Uh, I, each of these, so if you're going to say bri- bribery. Bribery, solicitation of bribes, honest services fraud conspiracy, uh, conspiracy to commit wire fraud and travel act conspiracy. These are not small crimes. Yeah, okay. All right. These are not small crimes. How much much guys are quaking in their boots right now? I mean, just, you know, afraid that they're going to be next. Not only basketball, but football and. Oh, my God. Well, that's Dude, the like, thing. How, how's Here's, Pete Carroll not, you know, not spending on his his uh, the rest of his life in jail? <laughs> right. Well, the I, thing is, I'm a shoot. huge Syracuse basketball fan, and so for me, you know, Syracuse just got uh, NCAA sanctions for like basically this kid had help writing a paper, right? And they ended up with crazy sanctions, and like. North Carolina had like fake classes and now Louisville had like hookers and now all these schools are paying dudes to come there. Basically, how are these schools like playing college basketball right now? Syracuse lost scholarships and, uh, you know, couldn't play in the tournament for a year, everything else over like a kid had help writing one paper. That kid was Fab Mello, by the way. Mm Mm-hmm. And and they also vacated wins. They had to vacate wins. Um, yeah, like 105 or 101, something like that, of Jim Ridiculous. Wins. Yeah. yeah. So, and Mike, this, this next story that I'm going to cite in, in as part of the uh, investigation is going to make you even more happy. House committee members seek NCAA briefing on scandal. Yeah, how do you like that? Government's- Great. Right. Like they don't have anything else. <laughs> so now, but this is the thing. So let the FBI do their goddamn job. Let the New York State Attorney uh, Federal, uh, uh, is it, was it the U.S. Attorney in the Southern District of New York, do his job? Why do we? Are we going to really waste millions of dollars on committees, federal committees, to, to drag Rick Patino in front of Congress? Congress is not going to get involved in this shit. Just let these guys go yeah, to jail if they go to jail. Get my taxpayer dollars the fuck out of this. It's bad enough I'm paying for the court. That it's gonna but, be you know, all figured out in. Right. And and now they're gonna go out there and, and, and you're gonna have congressmen grandstanding in front of the cameras to show how much they care more than the other guy cares about this shit and none of them so give a goddamn about it and they're all getting money from the goddamn drug companies anyway. So you guys are doing it too. It's just you don't get Brian Bowen to come play for your school. So win Louisville. <laughs> so you know my my general thing with sports is always I watch for what happens on the field and I don't as I've told you in recent episodes of the show could care less about steroids like want to watch John Jones fight don't care what he puts in his body 
uh, want to watch guys hit 73 home runs, don't care what they put in their body. Like, it, whatever, do whatever you want to do. And my thing with college basketball has always been the same thing, like I said last week about the Tour de France, where everyone's cheating. Everyone is cheating. Like, everybody's cheating. Okay? Some, some of them are buying a kid lunch at McDonald's, and it's cheating by all their rule books. And, it, you know, you look at it and go, it's no big deal. But everybody is cheating to some degree in this system. And what they did here is they caught the guys that are going balls to the wall and cheating. $100,000. Now, he didn't get McDonald's. He bought a McDonald's. Like, he's a franchisee at McDonald's. Um, Right. But, you know, I don't care. Because to me, that kid got paid for, for his value. Like, and I hate the fact that these kids now. I don't necessarily – I don't know if the schools can pay them because Title IX's a thing, right? And you, right. Can't, you can't start paying dudes and then the girls' volleyball team's not getting paid and the crew team's not getting paid and the track team's not getting paid. And how do you evaluate what a kid's worth? And, you know, it's a whole slippery slope. But these kids should have the right to sell their own likeness. Like, yes. if that kid should get paid when his jersey sells. That kid should yes. be able to sign a shoe contract with Nike. That kid should be able to go get a job at McDonald's, which right now they can't. Like, they can't go get jobs in the NCAA. So a lot of these kids come from disadvantaged situations. Like, and, and they got, no, got nothing. Yeah. Right. You need to – you're worried about where you're – you know, lunch is a bad example because, look, they all have dorm meal plans and whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This kid can't go out when his friends go to McDonald's. He doesn't have $5 in his pocket because he doesn't have $5. Like – Right, and you know you're throwing a hundred grand at this kid. And then there's the other so part just, of it where the, the whole one and done thing causes a lot of this shit too. Because like a, a lot of kids like Brian Bowen wouldn't even be in school. You know they would go straight to the NBA, regardless yeah. of whether or not they would actually make a successful career for themselves, Brian Bowen probably would have gone to the draft if he didn't have to attend school for one year. I mean, I mean, was he not the top recruit in the country? He's one of them. He's a five-star kid. So he's yeah. one of about 15 or 20 of the right. top kids. And I don't know where exactly his rank lies, but, you know, and, five-star kids yeah. are rare. Right. And most of those kids, uh, you know, 10 years ago, went pro. They didn't even bother with college. They just went straight to the NBA. Well, and you take a lot of these one and done's, and it's like they don't even have to attend class in the spring semester. And I don't know if they've changed that rule, but I know they didn't. If their intent was to leave for the draft and there's nothing they were going to do to come back to school, they'd just basically not go to class in the spring semester. And at that point, it was too late once basketball was over for school to catch up, and they don't care about flunking out because they're not there for school. Well, that's how we all knew that Carmelo Anthony wasn't coming back. He hadn't gone to class since January. <laughs> right. So even if he came back, he wouldn't be eligible. So clearly he's not coming back. <laughs> Regardless of his press conference where he said, I thought you went to college for four years. And everyone went, yay! And I was like, you're all a bunch of idiots. This guy's never coming back. You're lucky to have him for one year. <laughs> Moron. <laughs> And I had to listen to people, not Bernie Coffin, because I didn't know him at the time, but people like Bernie Coffin going, you should stay in school. Well, that's stupid. <laughs> that's just stupid. 
Yeah, so, so that, do you but, know what a top five NBA draft pick gets paid? He literally was slotted in for like four mil per for three years. Right, and he's made much, he, much more than that. And now in his career, right, he had $124 million. <clears throat> Oops, sorry, Mike, I hit the wrong. Are you muting me? Did I get muted? I, I accidentally muted you, and then I coughed because I was trying to mute myself before I coughed. So I muted you, coughed in the microphone, then muted myself. That was the, probably the best uh, five minutes of radio I did uh, in my lifetime. It was great. I, I didn't hear you cough, so. Okay, well, did. that's good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so back to so that's that was kind of one of my points that like I, the NBA has kind of created some of this problem, but to, it would be naive to say that this has only started happening since the one and done rule, because that's that's not true either. This has been going on for a very long time. And the shoe companies have been in on it forever. And it's not just Adidas. Like I said earlier, Nike is being served with warrants uh, sometime in the very near future, too. And I'm sure Under Armour is doing the same thing. And what it is is these agents, okay, who want to get their hands on these kids. And so they're like, okay, we'll, we'll, give, you, we'll give the kid $100,000 and, you know, we'll funnel him to your school. You've got to make sure he signs with us. And then Adidas is like, yeah, yeah, but you've also got to make sure that, that he signs, you know, with, with us after he, gra- after he gets out of school. He's going to sign a, a shoe deal with us, and we'll make sure he goes to your school. Uh, here's, here's some money, and you can give to his dad. And then at the end of the day, he's going to be an Adidas guy. You know, I mean, this is – and uh, Nike's doing the same thing. Well, and we'll thing. hire on the dad as an assistant coach. Or, or something like that, right. Right, some other nepotism. So it, it's it's a very dirty system, and like you're coming down hard on Patino, and it, he has sort of shown himself. Oh, he deserves it. Some some less than savory things, but again, the only reason I care about Rick Patino is what he brings to a basketball court, because that's all I care about any of these guys in, for the vast majority of them. And I don't okay. really care what goes on outside the field of play. And inside the field of play, he's an excellent coach. And I would agree with whoever you were arguing with previously that he probably will get a job somewhere else. Was it Rusillo? You said actually Ryan Rusillo. You said said it on the radio. Yeah, I, uh, I, dude, I don't know. I think I think first of all, I don't think the NBA wants him, and I think he's this may make him too toxic for college basketball. And remember, it's not like he's forty five. He may like, not even he, want it himself back into the public now, spotlight. I'm going to tell you this. I, I kind of feel like um, Dan Lebertard has been mocking him for being a vampire for a while. I kind of feel like that's a possibility. I feel like he may be 475 years old. And that if he just waits a couple hundred years, he can get back into college basketball. <laughs> Your coach of the 2050 Kentucky Wildcats. Right, or something of that nature. So I, I mean, I don't know. I, I just feel I feel like he is kind of older. I, I'm not. I don't know what his age is, but it's got to be. God, it's got to be pushing seventy. Is that seem legit? I was gonna say sixty-five or later, but I don't know. So that'd be pushing seventy. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody find out how old goddamn Rick Pitino is. Oh, uh, turns out he was born in 1379 in Transylvania. He's 65. Um, I guess right. Wow, on the on the no. So so again, you got to figure out the scope of this, his involvement. 
Um, does he get charged with something? Uh, does he get convicted of something? Well, does he plead to something? I guess to me, that's the thing you were talking about before. Like when I asked, and it was a serious question because I didn't really look into it. Cause again, this isn't the type of thing I would research or care about, but it was like, is it a crime? How is it a crime that, you know, they cheated the NCAA system to me, they broke the NCAA's rules, but yeah, I guess no. I get where you're going with the, the trail of money. Like where'd the hundred G's come from? Did someone pay taxes on it, et cetera. And yeah, the yeah. kid obviously didn't pay taxes on it. It was, you know, slipped into his, you know, cash payment right. in his hand, but. And, uh, and basically you've got agents bribing coaches. Money, I yeah. I mean, it's just. They didn't, you guys noticed, I mean, uh, it could have been predicted that LeVar Ball was going to get in the middle of the, uh, in the middle of all of this, right? Why would he do? Wow, it's, uh, <laughs> you guys didn't see that? Where he's basically stating no. that uh, he's been, <laughs> he's been received, I mean, he's been receiving like uh, illegal offers for his kids. Every summer since they were like in the AU ball, I'm sure that he has. <laughs> I mean, wouldn't you agree, Tom? He has a list. <laughs> well, I'll put it this way: he's a dumbass because if he said that in an interview or opened his mouth and said those words, guess who's getting called in on these hearings now? Like he's gonna have he's gonna get subpoenaed if he said that. He should. Honestly, he like, probably will because he did. <laughs> said if, again, this is not the type of thing that I'm going to hate on people for this like backhanded exchange of money. I, to me, money's money, and they didn't hurt people, and so I'm not going to hate them for it. Um, but I understand, I guess, the legality of the whole thing. Uh, but I just. I feel bad that the kids get caught up in this because to me it's, you know, a hundred grand to these donors and these people that are throwing this out in front of these kids. It's Tom, we cannot hear you. Um, you know, you're throwing this money in front of these kids and it's a drop in the bucket to you and to these kids. It's like, they think that's this life changing amount of money and you're screwing with these kids futures and, you know, hopping them up on the idea that they're an NBA player right now and they don't need school. And uh, yeah, I, I just don't like that dirty aspect of it where you're hurting kids' lives, you know, over jump change in the grand scheme of what their career can bring and, you know, what these agencies have and Adidas has and these people have, you know. So we had that talk before about how much, I guess, you know, how many of these college kids actually have a shot at the NBA. But really, I mean, I'm, I'm a proponent. I mean, it's just as far as, I mean, you know, the kids that are good enough, I mean, they should be able to go go pro. I mean, that's just my feeling. I agree with you, Steve. I, should, I believe that it should be an open marketplace for your talents. And this is the thing that people don't realize when they talk about the NBA, when everyone talks about the NBA, what no one realizes. There's 450 jobs in the NBA for players. That's how many people play in the NBA. There's Each team has 12 people on the roster plus three um, like open roster spots for IR and stuff like that. So you basically have 15 people on your roster. There's 30 teams. It's 450 people. That's how many dudes play in the NBA. 
how many of these kids have NBA aspirations? It's just thousands upon thousands of them. And they have all these people in their ear telling them that they're going to make it. And even among the very, very elite basketball players, very few of them make it. And most of the ones that make it, make it because they have a combination of talent and hard work and then maybe a little bit of luck. And there's a lot to get in there. For sure. So, so you guys still – can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you now, Tom. Okay, good. Well, I was, I was saying that uh, when we talked about LeVar Ball a little bit, I'm saying there's one guy who would be screaming at him to shut his stupid mouth, and that's probably Steve Alford. Not, a lot of people, dude. Anybody that's been in that situation, you, shut your mouth. If you have a list of names, here's the thing. If you're right. just being braggadocious about it and being an idiot and you don't, you're getting subpoenaed either way. Look, if right. the people doing the investigation are doing their fucking job and you said, I have a list of names that offered me for my kids, well, guess what? You should have paperwork at your door the next day. Yeah, and all these gr- all these grandstanding congressmen that are going to come out of the woodwork, what better way to drum up attention for themselves than to put Lamar, LeVar Ball in front of a microphone in front of Congress and naming oh, names? God. Jesus Christ. All right, on that note, we're going to go on to something else right after the break. I want to thank you guys uh, for sticking around with us. I'm going to go ahead. Mike, do you have an idea of what we're, what we're doing these songs? Any of the comments thread here yet? Uh, I'm not going to give up the goat yet. All right, so uh, he will he will do so at the end of the next segment. This is going to be a song by Pearl Jam uh, off of the album Versus. Uh, this is Daughter by Pearl Jam. We'll join you on the other side of this right here on Sports and Beer with Friends. Thanks for joining us.
Welcome back. Sports and Beer with Friends. We are the drinking show with a sports problem. Something like that. Does that make sense? So I'm I'm kind of reading the story that Steve just forwarded to me. This is in the Washington Post. LeVar Ball claims he's fielded illegal offers for his sons every summer, uh, Marissa Payne. Now, um, my kind of theory on LeVar Ball is he is the sports world version of Donald Trump, so I don't always believe everything he says, but... Uh, they offered you money. They offered you to take care of the AAU team. They're going to give everybody uniforms, everybody's shoes. I mean, it's just any kind of way. So there's that. Word got out that LeVar don't need that, he said. Me and my wife, we got a job. We do our thing, and the way we pay our boys whatever car they want, we get it. That's a small price to pay when your kid has a scholarship, and you don't have to save no money for that. End quote. All right, you guys are there, right? <laughs> yeah. All right, I'm enjoying right. that. That's good. I mean, LeVar's great. I'm not going to lie. LeVar is entertainment. Woo! LeVar. All right, anyway. So uh, we're going to move on to professional basketball, although I guess we kind of were talking about professional basketball in the last segment, huh? Yes, huh? we were. <laughs> well, no, it's super exciting. Crazy. Go ahead. Go ahead. This is the thing. I know LeVar's name, and I know LaMelo's name, and I can't for the life of me remember the name of the one who's actually good at basketball that you plays for the Lakers. Lonzo. 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 And, don't, and don't, forget, don't forget the ultimate middle child, LiAngelo. They've got great names. I can't front. I mean, no, no doubt. LiAngelo is an awesome name. Like, if it doesn't work out for him as a basketball player, he's got a career as an R&B singer Rapper. for sure. R&B, no question. Yeah. <laughs> no doubt. And he just drops the ball and just becomes Lee Angelo, and that's like his whole name. It's, it's, yeah, that's good. All right, well, anyway, 18 days from today, the NBA season starts. So, on that day, you got two games, Boston at Cleveland and Houston at Golden State. Now, during the Golden State game, they're going to raise the banner and hand out the rings. So, should they just hang two banners and set out two sets of rings for Golden State? I mean, is that what we're doing this year? Any thoughts? Well, yeah, I'll play devil's advocate for you. I mean, look, things happen. That's that's all I'm going to say. There's a reason they play this season. Mm-hmm. It's guys get hurt, guys fight, guys don't get along. It, for whatever reason, guys get acquire coke habits. Um, Look, you never know, man Life is crazy and you never So I'm not going to go Hey, yeah, throw the season away Now, are they a prohibitive favorite? Sure We saw how good they are last year They're only going to get better after another year of playing together with Durant It's not a situation where you're going Well, they're just a year older They're like a year better because they're at that point in their career You know, they're not a year older They're a year more into their prime You know, the Yeah the key guys. Um, yeah, I mean, but, I don't know if yeah. there's a really old player on their team. Nobody. You know what well, I mean? I think Udala's past his prime, I guess, but, yeah. you know, for, for David West. Minutes, it doesn't matter. Wait, as David I say West that, is. Yeah, I mean, is, is David West even there and does it even matter? Um, so there's been a lot of movement. Obviously, uh, Russ Westbrook just signed the largest extension in NBA history. I believe it was yesterday. Um, yep. 
And he also has some help with Paul George and Carmelo Anthony now, which, so they're a much better team. I feel talent wise than they were last year. Um, no question. Houston's also very good. Uh, and Carmelo almost went there, but Houston was CP three and James Harden, and they were a pretty good basketball team last year. Um, I, I you know, that Houston gave up too much. Yeah. That's, that's my, and Harden, Harden's really good with the ball in his hand, you yeah. know, and, and CP3 has the ball in his hand the whole game or has in the past. So yep. it's, that's a curious thing for me. Um, and Oklahoma city, on the other hand, I feel like um, the shot selection and stuff there, Westbrook, is going to do what he did with Durant. Westbrook is going to take shots where you go, man, Carmelo is open or Paul George is open. And, and Westbrook right. is going to force him to still take the shot because that's what Westbrook does. But at the same time, he's going to get 12 assists a game. And Carmelo is really good off the ball. With the Knicks, look, they didn't – where's their guard play? Like, right. you want to you blame Carmelo for taking too many shots and trying to do too much on him, on him you know, without help. It's like he didn't have any help. He had to dominate the ball. It, that sucks. But now he's got some guard play. He can play off the ball. He can play like the style he does in the Olympics. Remember, Carmelo is the all-time leading scorer for the United States in the Olympics. It's not like the dude yeah. can't play with other good players. He just hasn't right. had that opportunity in his NBA career. Right. I mean, he had I- Iverson at the end of his career. Uh, right. I mean, other than that, the best player he ever played with is probably J.R. Smith. Chauncey Billups. Um, yeah, Chauncey was pretty good. You know, but nobody, nobody who you'd be like, oh my god, those guys together. Yeah, yeah. I guess. Anyway, and so now I think you'll see Carmelo uh, will take a backseat to Westbrook, and they'll be fine. I, I think chemistry-wise, they'll be fine. I actually worry more about um, Houston chemistry-wise with the changes they made more than I do Oklahoma City. That me personally, yeah. from what I've seen. All right. But, well. I think I think I'll put it to you like this. You asked, can anybody mess with Golden State? I I said to you months ago that you might as well not even try. I really we had this conversation because I feel like they're that good. However, yeah. I will say this: there's a few teams in the league that made that gave it the old college try that have legitimately put together the best roster they can in an attempt to legitimately challenge Golden State for a title. And Minnesota's one of those teams, too, even though I don't think they can do it this year. They're one of those teams. Boston's one of those teams. Cleveland, they have, like, a one-year window. Yeah. I feel like Minnesota is the one that's most set up to be there when Golden State starts to slide. I feel like that's the case. Yeah, yeah, two to three years from now. Um, But I'll tell you what, let's get Steve's Steve's input on this because, uh, really. I like Steve. I like Steve. I'm just listening. <laughs> but yeah, talk to me, buddy. Well, didn't Cleveland just get like older, like a lot older with signing Wade? Well, when you signed away in Wade, you <laughs> they're clearly all, get... they're already the oldest team in the league. You know, yeah. that? <laughs> they're averaging so, like thirty. They're they're uh, they they average like you know, pretty damn close to thirty years old. Yeah. Which, uh, <laughs> you know. So. Yeah, um, so they're to 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 Mike's point. I mean, they have a one year window. Basically. Well, I don't. I just don't know that they got any better 
but they were the one team that you could you could make a case they were the one team that could just sort of stand pat and challenge Golden State because they sort of did last year. Um, it, what they clearly needed against Golden State was defense because in the finals, Golden State scored in an alarming rate against them and with amazing efficiency. And the year before that, when Cleveland beat them in the finals, Cleveland was able to play physically with them on the perimeter in a way that made it difficult for Golden State to score that other teams hadn't been able to do. And Cleveland didn't do any of that in the finals this year. The one game they won, they outscored them by shooting 70% from the field or whatever it was. They shot at a historic rate. Ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, the other games where it was competitive to the end and Golden State just kind of took the game at the end a couple times with like possession after possession where they – just scored over and over and over and Cleveland couldn't keep up with the efficiency. Even when they missed a shot, they'd get the rebound and score. They just, their offense was too good. But the year before that, when Cleveland beat them, Cleveland was able to slow them down and make them look a little, a little more pedestrian. I will say they did not get better defensively by adding Isaiah Thomas. They did not. Right. But they did add other guys. Um, the, Jay Crowder is a good defensive player. On oh, yeah, oh so, no, no, for sure. Yeah, he's a guy who can um, bother Kevin Durant. He's a guy who can, can can do some things defensively. But then again, you now you have Dwayne Wade, uh, very diminished Dwayne Wade. Uh, Derek Rose, also a kind of eh kind of player. I, I don't know. And, and, now, this being said, as far as the East goes, as much as a Boston Celtics fan as I am and as much as I like what they did – that's a team that's never played a basketball game. They've never played together. You don't know what they're going to be. They're probably going to be pretty good, but you don't know to what degree that's going to work. So good enough for the East, though. Yeah, I mean, good enough to be a playoff team in the East for sure. Probably good enough to contend for the top spot. Maybe good enough to make the NBA Finals, but you don't know for sure because it's, it's a configuration of guys who've never played a basketball game together, ever, ever. 